Rated M for Mature. We want more. We want more. Like, we really like it. We want more. Welcome back to Wine, Feed, and Weave. I am your host, Ayana, aka the Marijuana Ayana, and we are on the tail end, almost done with season three. I cannot believe it. I'm actually super proud of myself for even finishing this season. This has been one of the more difficult seasons to produce. I think I had really, really high expectations for myself at the beginning of the season, and I was doing really, really well with planning and editing and keeping on schedule. And then the end of the season kind of slipped and now there's been kind of two week breaks here and there but season three we're almost there um this will be the last official episode of the season and then there'll be not one but two bonus episodes so keep a lookout for those and yeah i think that's all for announcements um for those that are new here The whole reason I created this show is to highlight and share the work, voices, and experiences of black and brown women in the cannabis industry. Disclaimer, as always, everyone on the show is over the age of 21, lives in a state where they're legally allowed to sell or consume cannabis or CBD or hemp products, what so have you. And that's that. No announcements that I can think of. As always, you guys can follow me and show updates um, on my Instagram, at the marijuana ayana. Also, I have a backup page now at M-J-I-Y-A-N-A underscore. And if you or someone you know, you know, might be a great guest on the show or wants to kind of partner with me to do a sponsored episode, you can contact me via Instagram or via email, which is also in my Instagram. So yeah, let's get started. Today's guest is a master educator, author, and entrepreneur. She's the creator CEO of Club Kindness, a nonprofit membership organization created to support patients, brands, and dispensaries with holistic cannabis education. I had the opportunity to see Club Kindness at an event some years ago, probably like three or four years ago. And I just remember they had just a great table, they had some great information on their table. And since then, I've been a follower of the Club Kindness brand. Um, she's also the creator of EBK Apothecary, a full line of CBD-rich apothecaries, including tinctures, topicals, edibles, and flowers. She's been featured in Dope Magazine, MJ Biz Magazine, CBS, NBC, Fox News, LA Weekly, and so much more. Please welcome today's guest, Miss Kindness B. Ramirez. Thank you so much for your time. Um, actually, I don't know if you remember, probably not, you know, God, people, but I met you like some years ago at an event and I saw your table and I've been wanting to have you on the show forever. And then someone on your team reached out to me 
I was like, oh, yeah, I want her on my show. <laughs> I don't remember, but I'll have to look back, and then I probably will. I usually Yeah, I was like, faces. I know you go to events and meet people all the time. I saw your table on event, and I was so enamored by all the education you had. This was, like, three or four years ago, and I remember, like, just not really seeing, like, Black women cannabis educators in the mm-hmm. space at the time. You're one of the first. So it's funny how I've come full circle and now years later, you're on my show. So welcome. Well, very cool. Thank you so much. (laughs) Of course. Well, just to give you a quick breakdown of uh, just like the outline of today, just have a couple questions for you. Not a couple. I have like 10 or 12 questions. We might not get into all of them, but I really want to learn about, you know, your journey with uh, Club Kindness and kind of your journey with cannabis in general. I've been following you for years, like I said, and very familiar with Club Kindness and the work you're doing. But for those that aren't familiar, I want them to get to know you and what you're doing. And yeah, do you have any questions for me before we get started? No, um, <clears throat> I just took a dab, so let me get some water so that I don't Oh, cough. perfect. No, you can dab, <laughs> you can eat, you can have a little drink, you can super casual. I'm probably going to take a dab in a bit as well, so... <laughs> Terrific. I'll roll a joint because I've been dealing with some stomach bugs, so that should help. Ooh, joints, dabs, help for all of that for sure. Well, um, my first question, whenever you're ready, and so a question that I ask every guest, and it's probably my favorite because everyone's like, oh man, I don't even remember. What was your first experience like with cannabis or CBD? And like, how did that feel? Remember what you smoked? Remember what you smoked out of? <laughs> <laughs> I totally remember. Um, it's such a huge part of my story because I was really anti-cannabis um, in oh. my teens, being the daughter of an officer and a conservative mm-hmm. military man. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I come from a very conservative Black family, um, strong matriarch, uh, great-grandmother, grandmother, five generations, all still hanging out on Sundays. So... Um, yeah, we were taught, you know, weed was just as bad as, as crack. And mm-hmm. the word dope was not a good thing. So I was running around in my teen years telling everybody weed was bad. And I was dating this guy when I was 19. And his him and his twin sister, um, you know, hanging out smoking weed like teenagers do. Mm-hmm. And I joined the circle. <laughs> and I remember her saying to me, never mind, give it back. You're wasting it. Because- <laughs> <laughs> because Probably I wasn't inhaling. inhaling. I, yeah, I was inhaling. like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and now I fully understand what she meant. I was absolutely wasting that good herb, but <laughs> I don't remember getting high. Um, I think that was definitely my first like uh, memorable experience where it was positive and mm-hmm. you know nobody died. Um, and yeah, I mean, move forward. I didn't really use it for recreational until it became medical but Mm -hmm. so when did you kind of start becoming a regular cannabis consumer you know using it for your own needs and kind of knowing what you like to smoke when did you reach that point well you know what's ironic is that in my 20s I um I went through other party drugs and Mm -hmm. had a wonderful time Mm -hmm. and learned that to regulate and eat and come down and make it to class the next day. Uh, Cannabis actually was the cure for that. So Mm -hmm. I was doing it without conscious intention of, I just was doing it because I was like, oh, it's going to help me sleep or, oh, I'm going to eat today. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, obviously 20, almost 20 plus years later, 
I know in hindsight, that's what I was doing. I was essentially, you know, regulating my endocrine system and helping yeah. my body move closer to homeostasis because of all those fun party drugs. And um, recreationally or adult use, that was it for me. It's all medical use for me now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone has asked me recently a quick question I'd like to ask you as well. Do you think all cannabis use is medical or is there medical and recreational? I believe that all cannabis use is medical. However, I think that it's up to the individual user to determine their experience. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I have this discussion with with women and mothers, primarily, I say it's about the intention of the consumer, right? If If it's recreational for you, because that's how you framed it in your mind, as in the mental release that you are receiving from it. Okay, but I would argue that your use of the word recreational is still placing it in a category of unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I draw the line. Yeah, Yeah. I I definitely agree that like, even if you're like, okay, I had a lot, I just am someone that likes to smoke a blunt at the end of the day to like wind down, you know, still kind of using it to make your body feel better, your brain feel better, like a medicine. Well, and in reality, you are absolutely healing your body, whether you believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So obviously, you know, through your work with Club Kindness and everything you do, you're very passionate about the education side of cannabis. Why did you decide to focus on the education side of this industry rather than the like for-profit side and wanting to educate others? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I love that question, but let me be clear. I absolutely am a for-profit business and make money educating others. I yes, think that's important, yeah. right? Because sometimes we think like, if you're in service, you don't have to, you know, you don't, you don't offer the same exchange if it's not a product. Um, mm-hmm. I would argue that this, this service is more valuable than an eighth. Oh yeah, of weed, for, right? sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But why did I decide to get into it? Because that's what I do. So I've been a teacher for many lifetimes. In this one, it was my profession. I was injured in 2012, which really took me down the path of educating myself on cannabis and its Mm -hmm. history and its medical uses and its applications. And then because of my own lived experiences dealing with doctors and social services and being pregnant and testing positive, which is a whole nother story, Mm -hmm. um, I saw that one, we had been miseducated. uh, Mm -hmm. Two, there was this whole there is this community, right? The black community that has been disproportionately impacted by the lies told around this plant. Mm -hmm. And also I had a privilege that allowed me to navigate the system, figure out how to interface with these, you know, these social service systems and my doctor and all of that and realized how many people did not have that privilege Mm -hmm. and were being continually caused suffering as a result of their choices to heal themselves with cannabis. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't look back. So I, that was a year I left the classroom. I put all my energy into club kindness and creating programs and workshops that could just teach other local women and mothers around me who had questions about it. And it just really started with the purest of intention to throw these sort of Tupperware like parties that we called kind socials. Mm-hmm. And I just started teaching women and it went from there. I, I later ended up back in the classroom because I was teaching a cannabis workshop. <laughs> teaching weed on a classes now. Camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was on a college campus teaching a cannabis town hall. And the dean said, I want you to come and work for me. Oh, wow. Look also at that. came full circle. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad you brought up uh, Kind Social. So I was just going to ask about that. And that's what 
I'm so familiar with your brand is doing the kind socials. I don't really know of any other like organization that does that. And when I found out about these kind socials and I found out a black woman created them, I was like, yes, give me that. And I, <laughs> can you, you know, explain to us like what a kind social is and some of your other one-on-one customer services that you offer through club kindness? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in 2015, when I started, we were still in 215. So I did the whole nonprofit, um, you know, mutual benefit corporation and went online with weed maps and bought a pound of weed and started making tinctures and combined it into a bunch of other products that is still in distribution today, EBK Apothecary, but Mm -hmm. it has has transitioned to um, CBD. And yeah, I literally started making the same tincture that I used to heal my body and started pushing it at these events called Kind Socials. I created a program where I did a Cannabis 101, where you had to learn a little bit about the history, the endocannabinoid system, the body, you know, THC, CBD, what it means. It continually evolves because we continue to learn more. Mm -hmm. And in the process, I would offer these products. And so it felt very much, like I said, like a Tupperware party, but with can- the cannabis education was required. Then if you became a member, you were able to have access to me. Later, that grew into other consultants. Um, you know, a couple of times a month, we would help titrate dosing and then connect you to what we call friendly healthcare professionals. And so that became all of the people in my network that I was connecting with through cannabis And if a client would call or a member would call and say, I'm looking for a nutritionist who could teach Mm -hmm. me how to cook with cannabis, we could refer them out. It grew into this whole ecosystem of an association and um, COVID took us somewhere else. Yes. (laughs) Now it's virtual. Not, I mean, not that, but definitely a different experience. But I love the idea of, like you said, like a Tupperware part, like in my mind, you sound like the trap version of Mary Kay parties. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it felt like too, girl. Listen, everything was pink because it felt very just feminine to me. Mm-hmm. I just went all the way that direction. And it was ladies hanging out, getting high on infused foods and mm-hmm. feeling good and asking all of these questions that they had always had. And for me, obviously facilitating instruction is easy. I'm a teacher. I, I love it. I, I'm good at it. And so we connected. I mean, I had women of all backgrounds, all ages, all races on the same frequency when Mm -hmm. we were done with this gathering. Anywhere from 10 to 25 women, we had parties with hypnotherapists there, but there was always the beginning message of education. That 30 minute demo, you had to have it if you were gonna have a kind social, even if you had a DJ and a dab bar. Yeah, I mean, the education part is so important because you're consuming cannabis. And I'm so glad that you brought up like how the women interacted with each other and interacted with uh the actual social I was gonna ask like what was your what was the feedback you got from ladies who went to these like and what does that audience look like because in my mind I'm like (laughs) oh a kind social would be perfect for like my grandma and her friends Mm -hmm. because I don't know anything about weed but it might also be really good for like You and your friends yes I love that you asked that question I've had kind socials with um, mom and grandma who has cancer and it is very personal and it's five of us in a room mm-hmm. and we're going through applying topicals to her skin and talking about how she might feel as she titrates her dose. And I've gone through socials where it's, you know, 20 of my cousins ranging from 25 to 45, all thinking they know everything there is mm-hmm. about me because they smoke it every day. And I blew their minds. And they learned something new. Education. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but still, those are, I mean, that they literally ran the gamut and it was, it became referral. My mm-hmm. demo is the ladies who live around me. I am my own customer. Mm-hmm. I would attend something like this. I would enjoy connecting with other women at this level. Um, I've got the suburban white upper middle class moms that live around me who are like, I heard that you host those parties <laughs> that you could teach us about. Do they like about whisper me? in your ear? Like, trying yes. to be real. <laughs> And I meet them where they are. There is no judgment here because we are all on our own, you know, timeline. And then I've got the, oh, well, I don't really know, like, because I know everything. I already use it every day and I already, you know, nothing gets me high. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that one. Um, oh, I've heard that so many times. I'm like, I don't think you know your terpenes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm like, there's so much more, but okay. So I'm really good at meeting people where they are. And I genuinely like people. That's amazing. That's probably why, like, this kind of works for everybody. Because no matter what age you are, everyone can learn. And also, no matter what age you are, everyone can tell when someone's, like, actually authentic and passionate about what they're doing versus just, like, just trying to sell something just to sell it and make a buck. And yeah. through your brand, you're so, like, it's it's clear that so much of you and who you are is in your brand. I think maybe that's why people are, like... I trust her because she knows what she's talking about. And I love that. Clearly you know? an educator for sure. So I saw this term on your website and I was curious as to uh, the definition of it, or uh, what it means in your words. Can you define for us ethical cannabis consumption or what mm. being an ethical cannabis consumer is and what does that look like? I know what it looks like to me, but I, would, I definitely want to make sure I'm thinking about it correctly. Yeah, I mean, well, I would love to hear what it looks like to you because, you know, this this word ethics, it's determined by yeah, self. Yeah, it's so oh. tricky. I think ethical yeah. cannabis consumption, I think, <laughs> depends on, like, your your what you value as a person Absolutely. and how you can incorporate that into your cannabis consumption. So, like, for me, mm-hmm. I super value, I'm a Black woman, of course, so I super duper value um putting money back into uh, black owned businesses, black communities and cannabis. So I have so many black owned like weed accessories <laughs> and I buy black owned flour and I even have like black owned minority owned women owned wraps and bongs. Like I make an effort to go look for these things and it takes me more time. And sometimes they're a little more expensive than like going to the head shop, but I'm, trying to take what I value and include it in how I consume. Mm -hmm. But I think there's probably multiple definitions of ethical cannabis consumption. (laughs) Yeah, I think what you've given is a beautiful example of what it looks like, Mm -hmm. right? This is how we practice ethical consumption. And Mm -hmm. usually when I'm having these talks, I'm talking to parents, Um, you know, they got my children's book or they want to know how I talk to my kids about cannabis. I do Mm -hmm. a talk about different developmental stages of, of conversation with your children. And the ethical consumption piece comes up at the adult, young adulthood stage, because Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, once you've gotten past showing them, I talk about personal shame. Is it ethical that you are hiding your use? Because Um. at four years old, they don't know what it is. They also can't go into the cabinet and just take a bunch of Tylenol. So you being shameful in your behaviors or hiding something, the only thing you're teaching them is how to lie. And mm. that is something I've that I've never parents... thought about that. That's mm. wild. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if you just sit with that for a minute, like, wait a second, my four-year-old yeah, also like, can't just wait, go drink a gallon of milk. You are teaching your child how to lie because they will yeah. get older and they will be like, you were smoking weed. Yes. And then go back and go, wait, you're hiding it. And then there's a shame that comes with that. Why yeah. are you hiding it? So when you get to the stage of young adulthood and assuming you've already interfaced with your child and they know, now you're just having conversations about, look, this is how we responsibly consume. This is how we share mm-hmm. the information. This is know the truth, know the facts, continue to research, know what you're putting into your body, know who you're purchasing your product from. Everything you just said, Yana, that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. ethical practice, ethical consumption. It's all inclusive and it starts with self and you asking, why am I doing this? What am I doing it for? That's very true. I'm still blown away by the fact that like hiding your cannabis use is considered like lying. I don't know why that never like It's a a lie by omission. It's a lie by omission. Yeah, that never even occurred to me like as a fact. Maybe because I guess I I did hide my cannabis use like very early on. But now that I work in the industry, I just am like, I don't care. Everybody knows whatever. Mm -hmm. But for for parents, it's a different thing. And like for me, I have a I have a little sister. She's nine. And I I had cannabis plants. They're all dead now. But she was helping me with uh, like watering and taking care of the cannabis plants. And to a child, it really is just a plant. plant. She didn't have any qualms with working with it, touching it. She didn't be like, this smells funny. She was just like, oh, this plant is pretty. Okay, do we repot it today? Like, it was just a plant for her. And I think that's also like a big part of being an ethical cannabis consumer is just recognizing that like if you educate people about it differently it can be seen differently I mean that's it right you're changing the entire landscape with your perception and and here's the thing it's it's reality mm-hmm. if you just do a little bit of research it's impossible not to find the truths around this plant anymore so I'm 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 not annoyed with people at least they ask but when they ask, I go, okay, now let's, let's just ask theory real quick because <laughs> there's just, you know, and, and you're right. You go outside and you harvest tomatoes and you deal with that plant and you bring the fruit from that plant into the house and you consume mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Same for weed. Same for weed. Same thing. Kids don't <laughs> care. <laughs> so what, um, what stigmas and like false facts about cannabis do you hear the most often that you're just like so sick of hearing and your eyes roll in the back of your head every time you hear that it, it kills brain cells oh have you do you still hear that really yes yes wow. so i don't i don't know i don't where i am in the world i still live in a in a in a pot of quite a few conservatives um and you would be blown away by some of the conversations i have with with conservative frankly white even black elders Mm-hmm. They just have been miseducated so profoundly via media and, you know, the miseducation via a bunch of other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Things being left out of history books and don't get me started, but <laughs> they really, really believe this. And so uh, despite the fact that I will, I have two degrees, I have a home, I have a 12 year marriage. I have two beautiful, healthy children. I am telling you, I consume this every day in this way, in all these ways. And this is, here's this review. So here's this review. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Cause I had a cousin. <laughs> it always comes back to this one personal that anecdotal one experience. Happening, yeah. yeah. One thing that happened. That's so crazy that you still get like, it kills brain cells. Cause I feel like that's like, that's a fact that I heard on like dare commercials. Yes. That was that even as a kid, I was like, I don't think I don't any think plants so, yeah. can do that. <laughs> 
That's so strange. It, um, yeah. Yeah. I understand it though because I was that. Yeah. yeah, I mean people don't like people still think it kills brain cells and like you're still a functioning adult. So that's I mean, I guess if you're older and you've kind of have grown up with that propaganda like shoved in your face, it is a little scary still, like somewhat somewhat of a form of PTSD. I'm that's curious. Exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious now that you mentioned like people who are a little bit more conservative, more older. You know, how do you approach conversations about cannabis with them? And have they ever hosted kind socials? Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever had experience with someone, like you said, like a mom will kind of come up to you, you know, do a little whisper in your ear? Yeah, I've changed perception of many. Um, I, the key is to meet people where they are. So mm-hmm. I always ask a question first about what do they know? What do they believe? What's their experience? They will tell you. People love to share they love it. And even the quietest people, when I, I have a way of just getting people to answer my questions. So they'll start to <laughs> talk about energy. Themselves. Is that it? Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they want to talk about themselves. And then as soon as they tell me their beliefs, I have taken the time to educate myself. I'm not obviously approaching this from like, oh, let me tell you what I read in a magazine last week. Um, and I will just go there with them. Oh, I understand why you would have, why you would think that a lot of people had mm-hmm. that experience. You know what? Did you know that? Boom, 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 boom. I mean, my favorite thing with this uh, baby boomer generation, which my parents are in, um, is did you know that prior to 1941, cannabis was the number one prescribed pharmacopoeia in the United States? Mm -hmm. And most of our parents were not born before that. My mother was Mm -hmm. born in 1944. So every single message she heard from birth was the opposite of what was just being told five to 10 years before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, how interesting. And it just changes their mind right away. They go, oh, wait a second. What are you talking about? Now, yeah. you, now, especially with conservatives, if I show you the Boggs Act, you can't deny it because you love policy. Yeah. <laughs> and also capitalism. And yes. hemp yes. used to make lots and lots and lots of money for America back in the day. And then cotton and paper made a lot more money for just a few. Very true. Very, very true. I'm so fascinated by the fact that like, people still have these crazy ideas because like I said I'm in the industry so I just don't hear them but you hear them all the time I'm sure so all the time my kids go to very public um my where my kids go to school their community um everywhere it's it's outside of the industry it's everywhere Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I believe it for sure because I just hear the people that are in my family and now to the they're they know that I'm in the industry too so now they're a little bit more open but wow it's wild so what what like false fact or like just terrible cannabis stigma do you really hope to end through your education? Um, you know, I don't, so I'm focusing more. I think that's a great question. I really just want people to learn the truth. Mm-hmm. I want them to stop associating or differentiating cannabis consumption by race or ethnicity mm-hmm. um, or gender. I would love that. But what I really focus on more of is what I do want versus what I don't want. And what I do want is Black people to start getting a clue and pay attention and see that this is our opportunity for real reparative action. Mm -hmm. This is health equity. This is, one, our ability to get back to our ancestral roots via this plant that is ours, that has been ours since the beginning of time, that we as a people shared with the world and now are the ones suffering the most as a result of the world gaining from it. Mm-hmm. So I really want us to, to just ask questions, wake up, get a clue, 
take the blinders off, remove fear, this PTSD that, that you talked about earlier when I said mm-hmm. like that one anecdotal, one personal experience and they got stuck in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. It's real. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, so many people of color, even if you haven't directly been incarcerated for cannabis, have been affected by cannabis in some way. Like even mm-hmm. if you were, you had a cousin that got locked up and you didn't get to see them for 30 years because mm-hmm. they had a gram. Like that or a brother PTSD. that went to visit yeah. your uncle in Arkansas and has not ever returned and has children and grandchildren now that you've seen twice because of what this fake war on drugs did. Yeah. I mean, and the daughter who went to foster care because her mother was picked up for carrying a sack for her dude and now her kids are you know I mean this yeah I mean there's so many so models yeah. yeah there's just so many examples of that which is I definitely want to ask you know obviously as black women in the cannabis industry we have a different perspective and different experiences and that's the whole reason I kind of created this show is because I was someone at the time who when I was when I started the show I was the only black woman working in the place that I was working mm-hmm. and I had no one to talk to about my experiences so I made the show because I was like I bet there are other black women in the country <laughs> who are dealing with kind of the same things I am let's talk shit with each other on the <laughs> internet I would love to know like what are I mean I don't want to know but I think it's important that we talk about it like what is maybe one negative experience that you had as a black woman in the industry that kind of really opened your eyes and what's maybe one really good experience you've had as a black woman in the industry that made you want to kind of continue? These are great questions. Um, I will, I was at a company um, that will remain unnamed. I sat at this table with these executives and C-suite members and team. And as we had our meeting and me as the, um, you know, diversity consultant and a couple of other black faces at the table, we're always the representatives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, what should we name this for the urban community? You. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, oh, Miss Kindness, what do you think that Black women, blah, 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 blah. Oh, because I don't know, let me tap into my antennas and talk to every <laughs> Black woman in the world right now and answer that question for you. Um, down to straight out, you know how they are, you know what they do. Mm-hmm. Those types of belligerent, blatant, statements Just, have been made yeah. at many a tables within cannabis let me be clear and so many c-suite executives now we've seen them shift from women c-suite to men's c-suite over the last you know six seven years um they have they have no connection to the plant don't even yeah. use it don't know anything about it just care about the money and those are the same people that came from any other industry anybody else has ever worked in because that who is that's who's taken the power and continues to hold the power um, I've been the first of many, at so many tables. That's how it is when you're yeah, a black girl like or us, the right? only one, yeah. I've yes. been the only black girl in a giant room with cannabis vendors and employees and just looked around and been like, this is really strange. This is odd. <laughs> it's just a microcosm. That's the way I see it. And I don't want anybody to get it twisted. Like, you're not going to come over here and hang out with a bunch of cool, like, you know, executive level weed smokers. Yeah, now, it's not They that. exist. <laughs> They exist because I'm one of them. But if you, you know, when you start to take money, things shift because that's the world we live in. That's capitalism. Yeah. The most positive experiences I've had to to answer the second part of your question have been with women. I am Mm. a leader, uh, a community leader for women empowered in cannabis. I've been a part of that 
community for over six years. I now lead, which was formerly known as the Women of Color Group. We actually just changed the name to Inclusion, Equity, and Advocacy. I host rooms, I host talks, we host events, we host retreats, we do all kinds of amazing network stuff. I have started businesses. I have now business partners and ventures that have come from that group. Um, women of color specifically, Supernova. I've made friends in Shout out space. to Supernova women. I love that Shout out to Supernova. Amber, Whitney, they are my friends. Like I lean on them, I text them, I ask questions, we support each other. Uh, Tony Forge, Four Leaf Consulting. She's my attorney on all projects. This new dispensary deal I'm in with two women. Tony's our attorney. She's making the connections. Kika Keith, like, oh we... my God, big Kika. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I've never met her. I don't know. I've, she has no. Oh my gosh, she just opened like, her dispensary. A, you need to come I'm down and meet fan. me. <laughs> I'm a fan of Big Kika. I would love to have Big Kika on the show because I will send her a message and tell her Gorilla Wellness. Wow, yes. I need to go there immediately. Shout out! It's to beautiful. It's so beautiful. I know they just opened. I missed the opening. I am in Long Beach, so I'm not far. But I'm oh well. Let's meet up and and go see her and have lunch. Yes. But... Sorry, guys. Yeah. I just love Big Kika. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. I mean, look at look at what you're speaking to. Those are the positive experiences, right? Yeah, we just yeah. find women who share our values, and that's what's yeah. really done well for me. I mean, the women in the space are just so inspiring to me that when I have to deal with the like awful cis white man mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm immediately like oh whatever I'm just gonna go hang out with some black women in the space and, and get, go, get my like, mind right just go yep. <laughs> make sure that like I'm surrounded by them yeah I definitely need to go check out gorilla wellness and kind of putting yourself around these people always just make you like feel like okay I'm I'm at the right table and we're making our own tables and, and seeing the work you're doing and all the women in the space that are doing that are around you really is inspiring. Like I'm so inspired by it all the time. Thank you. You know, I just was like, even if y'all don't want to be my friend, you're going to be my friend. <laughs> you smoke weed. All right. You have no choice. Yes. You smoke weed. That's how you make friends. Do you smoke? Yes. Okay. We're friends. Now. Pretty much. That's like, and now, you know, with my, I don't know if you've seen my Canada mom, t-shirt line my can of mom and can of dad dad no. get a light oh yeah oh, so i just I launched that. a new t-shirt line that says like can of mom get a light or can of dad get a light and then we have sister sister and brother and then we just launched can of boss get a light in, in a hoodie can sweatshirt. of boss get a light i need that hoodie <laughs> that sounds like my kind of hoodie but i'm telling you girl wear that shirt and like it's the conversation starter here we go absolutely <laughs> so earlier you mentioned that like uh you know you do a lot of stuff with women of color in the industry and you're more so focused on like making sure there's diversity inclusion for everyone. Another kind of like term that I found uh, while doing some research for this was cannabis inclusive wellness. Can, mm-hmm. can you explain that to us? What is cannabis inclusive wellness? Once again, I have a definition in my head, but I <laughs> wanted to get yours first. I'm sure it's right on point. Uh, we are in alignment. Essentially, you know, when I think about how we separated cannabis, like it's an alternative medicine or it's an alternative mm-hmm. wellness product no it's not first of all it's essential we just mm-hmm. cleared that up with covid right it's mm-hmm. essential it is essential yes and we need it literally ourselves require it for this homeostasis state that we are always trying to achieve with all this other stuff we're doing to our bodies so when we think about it exclusive of then we think about it as optional, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to go and get that because it's, I, I, I feel this and now I think I need it versus inclusive of all of your wellness practice. 
I wake up and I take CBD every single day. It's not something I only take when I think I'm going to have anxiety or when I'm mm-hmm. feeling anxiety or when I have pain. It's just a part of my practice. Then I layer on topicals for skincare and maybe pain, you know, joint pain. And then I layer on THC via different applications, depending on what results I'm trying to achieve. And it's all a part of me juicing and eating well and moving my body and resting when I need to and having great connections with friends. And it's inclusive and it's inclusive Mm -hmm. of my social wellness practice because we smoke together. That's the peace pipe. It's just everywhere. I mean, the word inclusive doesn't exclude anything. And I, I really want to think about that because people of color, we trying to like make it ours by excluding them. Even that doesn't work. Yeah. Includes everyone. (laughs) <laughs> includes us see my definition was totally different than yours so I'm glad you <laughs> oh wow that. okay then I want to hear it tell me well I saw inclusive and my brain immediately went to like uh ethnicity so... uh, see that's what we do we think that word's ours mm. <laughs> exactly I was like oh wait the question was my question was worded a little bit odd because now I know the definition I was like wait those two never mind <laughs> <laughs> um, so I definitely want to talk about EBK Apothecary and your whole like journey with that. Why did you decide to create your own product line? And what was the process like creating something that you felt was actually effective for consumers? Yeah, it was, uh, it came about because I was, gosh, these are such great questions, Diana. I love this. <laughs> Thank you. True journalism, journalism true degree. journalism. Thank yes. you. Class we need you, we need you at CKTV. We're going to be talking, but, <laughs> um, so I essentially was telling all these people for small fees, right? Consulting fees and me coming out and doing a kind social one-time fee, whatever, to, um, go and buy these things, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need, obviously if they, if, you know, if I had something when we were in 215, I could give it to them, but I wasn't really in the product business. I was in the education business. And so I started telling people, go here. This is the dispensary. Here's where it's available. Here you can get your THC products. And I wasn't gaining any revenue for that. There was no ROI on that other than the continued education. So mm-hmm. I said, why the heck am I out here pushing other people's products when I could make my own? And I know the source now because I've made enough connections and I can give a quality product. So it was right about the time that 64 was happening. It just made sense because I wasn't mm-hmm. prepared financially or mentally to go into like licensed manufacturing and um, it, hemp, you know, CBD was on the rise. I knew at that point that full spectrum was the way to go. I started with isolate to be safe, quickly added in full spectrum and um, it just took off. And I knew I was getting quality source products, mm-hmm. easy transition. I could, I sold in natural wellness places instead of um and then we went direct to consumer but juice bars yoga studios these were all the alliances I already had from my former career and life so I just started calling all the homies and saying hey like I'm doing this now can we put this in your shop and it went from there and the same members that I had had from club kindness they obviously are on the email list notification here's this product um and yeah fast forward we're ebk apothecary i've actually just taken on two female equity partners to help us scale up because oh, wow. uh, yeah, during covid we lost a lot of those shop connections naturally mm-hmm. so they were small mm-hmm. business and um and so we're ready to come back in a big way with like a subscription service and some oh, other fun stuff yeah nice what is your favorite product of yours oh that's so easy the ebk spritz it was okay so the very first product i made was 
this tincture where mm-hmm. I put a whole plant in alcohol in the freezer from new moon to full moon, like our ancestors did. If you yes, know what I'm talking about, look it up. Oh, I got yes. you. I know. <laughs> yeah. And so I love that. We dropped, we dropped the gym there to your audience. Y'all go look it up. So I put it in uh, the freezer, took it out, put it in my tea. First time I really experienced an edible high in that way. It was so pure, so good. So oh, amazing. And I was pain free for up to six hours, which I hadn't been in over a year wow. because of my fall during pregnancy, which was horrible. And um, yeah, so then I said, how can I get these women? I don't know if I can cuss on your show. I was Absolutely. I'm about to say, how can I yeah. get these bitches to consume this shit? Right. <laughs> and like, and it really now because now I'm high girl, so it just kicked in. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> I, by the end of the show, if you for those that have listened, by the I end of the it. show, everyone is so stoned. Like yeah, everyone's right. so I stoned, totally and it's so relaxed. fun. <laughs> so it was a spritzer. If you've seen it, it used to be this like bigger, fatter perfume atomizer. It was pink, and this nasty green tincture was in it. But it worked, right? Originally, it was THC. We've evolved tremendously. It is smaller, sexy, sleek, still twist and spray spritzer. Mm-hmm. You can see it on her website. You can see it, yes. Um, refillable. But now we worked with a dentist to formulate a healthy oral mouth spray. So it's actually oh. good for your teeth, your gums, your breath. It tastes amazing. And it's full spectrum CBD infused. Um, refillable. So it's sustainable environmentally friendly yeah it looks those super things. discreet too like nobody would know what it was goes through airport yeah <laughs> it looks like you can like have it at thanksgiving around your family and like nobody would know they would be like yeah. oh you have some breast spray can i have some yeah and you'd be but... like yeah please have some because you're getting on my nerves <laughs> everyone have some everyone has some. <laughs> so what's been the feedback you know from the product so far like I'm sure you hear lots of stories of people being like, you know, this helped pain or it's helped insomnia. The feedback from the products as well as the feedback from Club Kindness. Yeah, I mean, the products are, you know, they're consistent. They, that's what people like. I'm still craft. I'm very much small business. I'm happy mm-hmm. with our customer base. Like I said, we're now just trying to scale. People love the fact that, you know, we do the recycling of the bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, handcrafted that there's it's thoughtful um, as in like the way you consume them. We do like hemp CBD flour and pre-rolls and a lot of women are like, I really like that because it doesn't get me too intoxicated when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, at dinner time. And um, so they, they appreciate that. Uh, EBK Apothecary, which is ironic, it was Elixirs by Kindness first when we were THC, then we started transitioning and we went through a rebrand in 2018 and we won breakout product of the year. And I was like, oh. wait, I've been making products for three years, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the rebrand um, and that was pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, people, my, I can't say enough about how loyal my customers and clients are and they've come from club kindness into ebk and and more and more people just meet me and learn about it and then say hey i can buy cbd from anywhere i recognize that i'm looking for a quality tested product i'd rather buy it from you i love that people know like i said kids and adults people know when you're being real or fake and people probably just know that like this product is real this person behind it is real they're actually really educated and really passionate about it. And that just translates into everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, so my I'm lucky because my husband lets me do all this. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Wait, let me fix that for all the feminists. He does not let me do anything. <laughs> Shit. But for real though, like he's so freaking supportive. Partner, oh. man, female, whatever. Having a partner who mm-hmm. lets you, encourages you, uh, joins you, pushes you, tells you no sometimes because you need to hear that shit. Yeah. That like <laughs> this, this, this family, like that, the, the family in my book, that's real. That's us. And yeah. it's really truly inspired by him because he's the one that made me like really get out in the dirt and start growing like other food. You're like, oh man, I got to do it. Oh, fine. That's when you're like, <laughs> oh, fine. I guess you're right. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm curious as well if it's not too personal like how do your friends and family feel what you're doing like are they really supportive are they like she's the crazy plant lady (laughs) you know I had my friends run the gamut because I did grow up in walnut so I will say that they all know that one thing about Miss Kindness is that who she is is who she is Mm -hmm. you're gonna see me today you will see me in five years and you will feel that same thread of authenticity I mean what I say and I say what I mean so even as a kid um I was convincing and secure in my message right even if it was wrong (laughs) so they know that about me uh the first person I went to was my dad because he was someone I knew was against it and Mm. um you know we had experience I mentioned my brother earlier Mm -hmm. so I called him and I said look I'm going to do this I don't I have a relationship with my parents that they kind of know that too but I'm showing you respect by notifying you Mm -hmm. and you're going to see it publicly all of our aunts all my aunts everybody's going to see it and on the real dad you know so-and-so uses it and -and so-and-so uses it but here's what I'm doing and he said to me you know what I know you're smart I trust you I know you're going to do it legally and do it right now I didn't know I didn't always do it legally but whatever (laughs) allegedly allegedly I said thank you and if I go to jail you come and get me like I did my first call (laughs) I mean obviously right yes and I gave him like a month later one of those little five milligram kiva balls and it's so funny because he is still very conservative because when he Mm -hmm. started to get high he called my husband not me and he was like, what's going on with this son-in-law? Am I supposed to be feeling this? I don't know what she gave me. And I'm in the background, like, let me talk to him. And he's like, no, no. And anyways, my husband tells him, drink some water, watch some TV and chill out. The next morning, my dad calls me and he's like, my shoulder pain is gone. I slept so well. I don't want to feel all that again. But what was that? Oh, wow. And so that was it. Like we, at that point, these are open, honest conversations. Mm-hmm. My you started mother, educating your dad. Wow. Yeah, I changed him. He's he's full 180 social equity um, qualified applicant now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is, wow. Yeah, I changed continue. him. Yeah, he's this mad dog in Watts. So shout out to mad dog of you and Watts. You know who he is. My uh, mom, sweet little lady, brain tumor survivor from 25 years ago. They reemerged um, pre, just pre-COVID. And because of my connections in the space, I was able to get her into a trial with Canakids, with Tracy Ryan's Canakids in UCLA. And they provided all of her medication for seven months for a pituitary, um, for, I'm sorry, for a paraganglioma brain tumor. And that had regrown from 25 years before. And for six months, she went through an intense course that we at Club Kindness helped to titrate the dose with medication provided by Canakids. And after her second MRI, nine months later, the tumor had shrunk to a size that was essentially, it was detectable, but like non, 
don't worry about it. No further treatment is necessary wow. in the sense that we are just to watch it and keep her stress at bay. And that is, if that is not a testament to God's plan, I don't know what is. And it all came from my relationships in this industry and the women that I continue to work with and will give props to who that, literally saved my mother's life. Your story just like blew my mind. I mean, you already blew my mind, but like your dad is now a social equity applicant and this plant has like changed your mom's life. And I'm, of course it's changed your life. I'm also high, but I'm blown away because <laughs> It really shows you the power of the plant and the community and the people behind it. And it cha- it's really changed your whole life. Like it's changed your whole life. It's changed my whole life. And I'm, and I'm serious about it. And I, and I will shout it from the rooftops. And I, you know, the reason why I wrote the children's book is because that's where it has to go back to. Mm-hmm, I, and not sure. that I've given up on the baby boomers, but y'all good. Y'all good. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. go here. That's and let's start with <laughs> early years. Because that's when we first learned that, like, this is a bad thing, especially as a Black kid. Like, you immediately mm-hmm. are learned, like, don't touch this. Don't have it near you. Mostly because of the fear of being caught with it. Mm-hmm. Not the fear of actually having it and consuming it. Exactly. And once you change that, you change everything. That's everything. Because I'll tell you, my son knows the reality. He knows that, you know, I'll give away a little secret on your show. The next book will actually have Michael Root interfacing with law enforcement in some way. So mm-hmm. get ready for that. Because he, this is a real thing, right? That mm-hmm. my son no, knows that's what necessary. I do. Yeah. yeah, he talks about it all the time. But he also knows, like, the, when we're going through Red Ribbon Week in school, don't start preaching to the teachers about, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, in reality, when, you know, I've talked to him about frontal lobe development and how hot smoke is bad for his brain. But if he wants an edible and uh, when he needs it, let me know. And he also knows that that means at 16, if he does have a two milligram edible, he can't go and travel he with it. He can't go I mean, tell his friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is reality, yeah, you know, unless you become a thing. medical patient, which is a yeah. whole different process. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a real thing. Like, even like I said, in my sister house with plants, I'm like, you can't go to school and like share these plants with your friends, unfortunately, but know that these plants are not harmful. Just know that like what we're doing is not wrong. And it's always just like the fear. Um, well, I love the way you described it. You said mm-hmm. it's about the fear of getting caught, not mm-hmm. about the safety of consumption. Exactly. And that has directly to do with myth, truth, and policy. And if we just keep the facts straight, it's easy to understand, even for a kid. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. She's like, I don't get, why does anyone, I'm like, I don't know why they care so much. I I didn't make the rule. (laughs) Racism. They had to replace slavery. That's why. Yeah. Then then she's going to ask me 5,000 other questions. And I'll be like, I don't know. I'm not a white cis man. I don't know. I don't know. Why are they so afraid of us? It's the melanin. I don't know, know, girl. (laughs) Just because they're haters. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I have a theory on that. You know, melanin is the strongest compound on earth. We know that. And there's Mm. lots of data to support it. So I think there's some sort of like, once we went through the ice age and this idea of whiteness became a thing, which it is not, um, there was some sort of maybe genetic fear. Maybe like cells reacted Mm. differently to melanin. Yeah. Mm. That has to be another episode. <laughs> I know. We got to have a deep dive on another episode. Such a episode. great conversation. I want to hang out with you. Thank <laughs> you. I want to hang out with you. Well, my last question, another question I ask for everybody, because I think it's just so important to, you know, 
continue spreading as much knowledge as we can. I'm always, I always say that like, if I don't have the answer or I don't know how to do something, I will point you in the direction of someone that does because just there's always room for everyone in this industry, especially for men, women of color. We can share information with each other without, you know, dimming our own light and making us less successful. So what advice would you have for women of color, men of color, you know, anybody that wants to get into the industry and doesn't know where to start and they just need like three to four points that they really just need to know to get started? Uh, Google Google cannabis. Google cannabis and start reading about it, literally. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm talking down to anyone, but I cannot stress how many people call me and say they want to get into the industry or they want to you know uh, use weed for this or and and haven't even just googled it so do that Mm -hmm. and then zero in on your region your locale and what's legal around you Um, and then start to seek out reputable women's organizations obviously I rep for WEIC all day I rep for Canaclusive, I rep for Supernova, I rep for Tokativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Women Grow is doing its thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. on the, it's doing That's its thing. That's a great resource for yes. women of color, for sure. So I want, you know, I want us to do that. Begin looking for information that is really there and available for us to find. Um, then zero in on what you really want to do in this space, why you're here. Because ancillary work can be very, very profitable in this industry. Mm-hmm. I do with, ancillary work, okay? Thank you. I do too, <laughs> with no risk, okay? So I get all of the rewards, all of the fun. I get to tour all the spaces. I get to interview great people, to have conversations like this, write books, go to schools, what? And talk about cannabis without the risk. Um, and they are so necessary, right? Absolutely. Like we talked about this gold rush, the rivets, yeah. the Levi's, that's who made the money, who didn't find any gold, right? You didn't have to be touching gold to get rich. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could be in the background, still very yeah. involved, like cannabis accountants, cannabis copywriters, cannabis oh architects, God. like yes. building design, yeah. interior yeah. design. Oh my goodness. All of it. And, and, you know, finally, and this is probably the most important thing, uh, don't even come over here like don't even step if you're not mindful of 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 whose backs you're doing this work on Mm. and so Mm -hmm. all the projects I do all my businesses are for profit a percentage of every single thing every dollar that comes into our business bank account some percent goes back into the community in some way via investment um and or volunteerism we're out with National Expungement Week. I'm at the Abilities Expo in Arizona next week. All of this work done for free because mm-hmm. I, I it needs I ha- that's what I have to give. And then we put a little dollars where we can. Whatever you have to give, you need to know that you're not getting rich on on something new. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't think people realize that like uh, people of color have been selling weed forever before it was legal to make money and you know survive but like also recognize that the communities are also now being affected by legalization now I was reading some someone's story and they were saying they were arrested they got out of jail 
And right above their home, they were asking for weed. Right above their home was a billboard for ease delivery. Hmm. And they were infuriated. It's just unbelievable. And that disparity continues to exist in all the zip codes all around us, wherever you are in the United States right now. Yeah. Yeah. But we can all be part of changing that just through absolutely through having conversations and through doing, you know, just the research and taking your time and not really taking, you know, putting too much pressure on yourself to create something that's going to make a lot of money necessarily, but that's actually going to like, you know, give back to the community as well as help you accomplish what you want to do. And then you'll see the money come in. Like then Mm -hmm. it will just flow in naturally. (laughs) You'll just be doing something you love and the money will just start to, to provide itself. That is the belief. That is what I absolutely believe. You know, you, you chase um, Saraswati. So Lakshmi chases you because she gets Mm -hmm. jealous. And yeah, I mean, I think the irony is real, but we have to just, we have to pay attention and, and policy is something that's just, oh, yes. Very we important. Need to, yeah. We need to yes. start there. Always pay attention to policy and, you know, being part of it for sure. I could talk to you forever, Miss Kindness. <laughs> Our hour is almost done here, but thank you so much. You've been such a lovely guest. I won't lie. I've been having a really rough mental health week with all of the like craziness happening in the world and hmm. having a, a conversation like this just always makes my spirits feel a little bit better because I realize, okay, I'm not crazy for doing the work that I'm doing. Because as you know, the cannabis industry can get a little discouraging sometimes. Mm -hmm. It can can drive you a little crazy. So when you talk to people and you just feel like, you know, they are as authentic as you and want to create an industry that's just as inclusive as you, you feel better. So thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. You know, I am merely a reflection of the energy you are giving me. I appreciate that so, so much because this week has been rough. I'm my, I'm literally sitting here with an achy stomach. So saying, <laughs> but it's yeah, no, this is this is what the work is about. Mm-hmm. And um, thank God for weed, because even when the thank weed God industry for weed. You, out, you got weed. <laughs> goodness for weed. I told someone yesterday, I was like, I need to just go get drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Do my work, my business, and that's it. That is it. Good drugs, good drugs, but well, good trouble. Where can we find you? Let the listeners know your Instagram, your website. If you have any things you want to announce, any upcoming virtual events. Yeah, there's all kinds of exciting stuff. I'm easy to find. It's Ms. Kindness. M S K I N D N E S. That is her first name. It's not two words. Okay. It's my first name. It's all together. My daddy named me that. Leave it alone. Thank you. <laughs> um, so MissKindness.com, and that leads to all the things, Club Kindness, EBK. But my newest project that I'm so excited about is CKTV. So Club Kindness is evolving, leaving the association membership space to subscription-based and production services and an OTT network, streaming network, nice. that we are launching in January. Yes, our flagship series will be Bridges, which is a series that Club Kindness and Tokativity did together, which features Black women leading conversations about race, equity, and inclusion. It is a cannabis-inclusive channel, but not centered. So we're looking for contributors, content creators, women like yourself, Ayana, people who have a message to share. It's an mm-hmm. employee-owned um, core contributor ad share revenue model, mindful enterprise, thoughtful. Everyone who comes here and joins this team will have an opportunity to gain some revenue share in the project. So it's amazing. That's what we're doing. And that's Club Kindness TV. We are on IG. But again, if you just 
Ms. Kindness, you'll find my IG and then you can click to all my work from there. Lovely. Thank you so much again for your time. I super duper appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Season three is almost over. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the marijuana Ayana. And then I have a new backup page because, you know, Instagram be playing mm. sometimes um, at M-J-I-Y-A-N-A underscore i don't have any other announcements there'll be two bonus episodes thank you so much again miss kindness i absolutely loved having you on i cannot wait for people to hear this episode people are gonna be like who is that get her back on (laughs) (laughs) so good i love you thank you i can't wait all right well you'll hear from me soon for sure and then i'm gonna send you the um the graphics for this episode but my edible is kicking in so i gotta all right girl get to it i appreciate you happy friday have a good one bye bye bye